I'm Mark, and I'm the host and creator of the Island Travel Podcast. On this week, we get the chance to go to Cuba. I actually spoke with Joanna Krupa, who has a travel company called Querido Mundo, which is based in Cologne, Germany, but they're starting to take a lot more customers or what they call queridos from the United States. This company specializes in taking groups of solo travelers on a kind of backpacking trip together with friends. Uh, they take groups to various countries in Latin America, including Mexico, Colombia, and others. But the big one is Cuba. And uh, Cuba is a big island in the Caribbean, and uh, it's one that's a little hard traditionally, at least historically, for people from the United States to visit. But uh, there's a lot of tourism there, a lot of opportunities, a lot of things to see. And uh, we go throughout the island, and Joanna shares a lot of her passion and, and curiosity for the island of Cuba, and I was just fascinated. So I hope you enjoy it, and she'll explain more about it uh, on this episode. I'm actually doing something that's new. We're offering discounts. So because Joanna has a travel company, if you book with her company, Querido Mundo, you will get a 50 euro discount. You just have to use the travel code Island Travel, one word, Island Travel, when you're booking, and that will allow you to get a discount. You can also get discounts if you subscribe to the Querido Mundo newsletter. Go to their website, you can check that out, and uh, you can get other discounts. But with the Island Travel podcast, you can get a 50 euro, approximately $60 discount if you book one of the tours with Querido Mundo. So, hope you check it out. Here it is. Hi, Joanna. How are you doing today? Hi, Mark. I'm great, and I'm so excited to be on your podcast. To begin, could you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into having your own travel company, Querido Mundo, and where people can find information about you know what you're doing? Yes, of course. So if you guys wonder, my accent is from Germany, but I lived all over the world. I lived in Barcelona, I lived in Australia, I lived in Brazil. Right now I'm living in Vancouver. It's like my passion to travel and to, be, to get to know different places, different people, and speak different languages. So I do speak uh, five languages fluently. And uh, even though I graduated as a mechanical engineer, after I finished university, I didn't start an engineering career, but I started to work as a tour guide. So I worked for many years as a tour guide in Latin American countries, from Mexico in the north till Patagonia in the south. Three years ago, um, I have a beautiful friend, Andrea is her name, and she asked me if we would start a company together. So we were like um, being guides for many years, and people loved the way we, we showed them the places, and they always wanted to travel with us. So that's when we started Querido Mundo. And for all of you who don't know Spanish, Querido Mundo, it's a word in Spanish and it means beloved world. So we offer like small group trips. It's like traveling with friends that you haven't met yet. People, when they think of group trips, they think like, oh, this bus with 50 people and it's very touristic. 
And that's actually what we don't do. So we combine like a backpacking experience so where you meet local people, try local food, you travel for 23 days of the beaten path, nature, adventure. But you also have uh, the comfort of a group that you don't have to plan and organize. You have a guide with you. People can get more information on our website, which is queridomundo.de, de for Deutschland, for Germany. And we have Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. So it's Querido Mundo Reisen. Reisen means travel in German. So you focus on Latin America. And if I could just ask a couple quick questions there. Why 23 days? And the groups you're doing, it's maybe like, what, five to 10 people roughly? And then you speak German and many of your you know, customers, many people come from Germany. But you're also, you know, you have English as well. Exactly. So we started in, in Germany starting with five people to maximum 14 people. So that's the maximum. And uh, so it's a small group. It, it feels like a group of friends and enjoying together, getting to know the country. And uh, yes, and now that I'm in living in Canada for almost three years, people have been asking me about English speaking groups. So that's uh, when we decided that from now on, we will be offering English speaking groups as well. And why 23 days? That's a beautiful question because we just wrote an article about it. It's a, we believe in deep travels. You know, like you have a coffee to go and a coffee in a cafe, like um, having the full experience, like you're in, in the cafe, listen to the music. You have this beautiful smell of the coffee. You have the right. people around you and you have this beautiful decoration or you have the coffee to go. It's like in a rush and that's the beauty of it. Like a, It's like a backpacking experience in a group. Just kind of out of curiosity here, uh, do people end up sometimes like staying friends afterwards? Sometimes? Yes. Not sometimes, oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's all the time. And it's so funny. Uh, we don't call uh, the people clients. We call them queridos. Querido means uh, um, like a person you like in Spanish. So when I tell uh, querido Mark or querido, it's like, because I really like you. I really appreciate you as a person. Queridos, they send me pictures when they met in Germany in a city um, and hang out together or they go on festivals together. So it's beautiful because they travel by themselves and then they meet and then become friends. Interesting. That's such an interesting concept of travel. And uh, I, mean, I know there are other companies doing something like this, but it, it seems like there's not that many. You're really capturing on a new way of doing um, group travel, which I think is just really cool and innovative. Talking about Cuba, I do know some people that have visited Cuba. They usually make comments about how you know it's a be beautiful place. You know, it's a lovely island uh, to visit, and that's the theme of this podcast: is islands. Uh, but they mention that also getting Wi-Fi is you know very hard or sometimes impossible in Cuba. Getting you know certain kinds of food or restaurants, you know, it's just it's inconvenient at times. And just despite some of those challenges, why do you think you know Cuba is a great place to visit? Uh, what do you enjoy about it? Cuba is unique. It's really unique because of how Cuba works. So um, uh, everyone knows that Cuba has a different system, socialistic system or uh, communism, as they call it. So when sure. you go to Cuba, it's like a travel to the past in all manners. People usually think like of, you know, this retro vibe, but it's so much more than this. Um, it's how people live horse carriages in big cities, uh, also the people. Because in our Western um, countries, it's like people work and they are very stressed and their people are more like relaxed. And um, as they don't have all those technologies like 
um, internet and um, smartphones, they kind of live life more. They are not always on those technologies and life passes by them. They enjoy it more. And I think that's the beauty because when you go to Cuba, you kind of disconnect. You disconnect and you feel alive again. You feel the essence of life, of being with people, eating, walking. Because when you come back, you are super relaxed and refreshed. Right. And I take it that, you know, uh, it's true you don't have Wi-Fi often, but it sounds like, you know, it's really not too much of a problem. You, you know, like you kind of, you find a way just to you know, do without it. Actually, there is Wi-Fi in Cuba. So you can buy cards for one American dollar approximately that gives you access for one hour to Wi-Fi. So, but you have to go to a public square. So there are like public squares with Wi-Fi access. You sit down with your smartphone, you put in the code, and then you have one hour of, of, of Wi-Fi. But as it's like, you don't have it all the time and everywhere, you, you mostly don't use it. And I just remembered one, another thing that is very special about Cuba. It's the music and the dance scene. So um, Cuba, like all Latin America has a strong impact when it comes to music and dance, but Cuba, it's, uh, it's even more, it's all handmade and all, um, so you will see wherever you go, there will be always musicians uh, playing live music, like combos of 10 people playing salsa music, dancing, and it's a very authentic and very pure, very from, from the soul, I would say. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that's really great about Latin America and uh, I'm sure Cuba has its own style. So what are some of the main options for getting into Cuba, either, you know, from Europe or, or the U.S.? Uh, and what are the options or that you would recommend for getting around? So um, getting in, so U.S., is, it's an exception because there is still the embargo going on between Cuba and uh, and the, U the U.S. Uh, so me, for example, I went from Vancouver to Havana and the flight cost me 400 US dollars return ticket and I say I know that my our queridos our customers from Germany they paid uh, between 650 and 800 US dollars you have to keep in mind that when you go to Cuba you need uh, some extra paperwork that you wouldn't need for other Latin American countries so you will for sure need a tourist card that you can buy for around 30 or 35 dollars before your is that trip. like a visa? Yes, it's kind of like a visa. So you just buy the, it's very easy. You just buy the card, you fill it out with your information from your passport. And then when you do immigration, you just hand it in. That's, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then you will need a declaration from your health insurance because you, you need to have travel health insurance. So, uh, okay. so normally travel health insurances, no. When you uh, write them an email or call them, I need um, a declaration for Cuba. They already know, and they will send it to you in Spanish. Okay. So, yes. And what I recommend for U.S. tourists is not to bring dollars because dollars, they will, uh, there's like a fine on dollars. So when you want to exchange dollars, they will charge you 10%, like a fine. And your American credit cards won't work in Cuba. That's also very important right. to know. Right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yes. it's a good thing to and getting around in Cuba, so this is a little bit tricky because everything in Cuba is old. Cars are old, buses are old, um, planes are old. You cannot be sure with schedules because a car might break down, a bus might break down, a flight 
might not leave today but tomorrow so if you're if you're okay with this um, yeah you will have you won't have any problems so um, so for example when you go by yourself a nice uh, way to go around is by bus there is a brand called Via Azul so for example there is this triangle Havana Trinidad and Vinales those are like the the towns and cities that people will like most to visit and like a bus ticket from Havana to Trinidad would cost around around $25 and from Havana to Vinales around $12. Okay. All right. So and, and, but the buses I, I guess yeah they they break down but you know they're they're you know at least somewhat comfortable and they're fine. I mean Yes, exactly. Basically. I think um, breaking down, this is part of the Cuba experience. I think if you go, <laughs> yes, definitely. It's, you know, then you come back and tell your friends about it. You know how the bus breaks down and you waited for two hours uh, when they fixed the bus. And you can also observe Cubans being creative and being like, you know, how they solve things. I think that's the beauty of it. And yeah, that kind of leads into this other question I had, which is, you know, what is generally the interaction uh, between you know Cubans and uh, and travelers. Yes, so Cubans are very open, and um, so when you come into Havana, tourists uh, uh, Cubans will talk to you all the time. They will like talk to you and uh, want to have a conversation with you. But in Havana, it's very touristy. It might be it might seem a little bit sketchy to to tourists. But when you go out of Havana, where it gets calmer. The relationship between the tourists and local people is like very, very authentic. Right. So they are very open-minded. Right. They will approach you. They want to know about you. But in this case, it's of course good to know Spanish. <laughs> right, right. I was going to ask about that. I mean, it's it, it, the more Spanish you know, the better, obviously. Because I assume in Havana, probably you know, some people probably speak English, you know fairly commonly, but outside of Havana, it probably gets much more difficult if you don't have at least some Spanish, right? Yes, exactly. What I was very surprised is I met a lot of Cubans that spoke perfectly German. And that's why, because formerly in Germany, you had the eastern part of Germany that was like, uh, had the same system as Cuba. Uh, sometimes I had the impression more Cubans would know German and less English. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so generally, it's pretty positive. And, and I guess you mentioned dancing earlier and, and other things. Um, is it normal for, you know, in some of the cities, maybe they have, you know, dances or other kind of activities in the evening for, you know, travelers or for other foreigners that are there just kind of to join in with locals and having that? I mean, something that I've seen in other parts of Latin America as being kind of normal. Yes, for sure. And I have to tell you, because, for example, in Havana, you will find many venues as well, many beautiful venues. But the best uh, things happen on the street because Cubans, they don't have a lot of money. So normally they wouldn't go to venues. They would, as there is always uh, music going on on the street, they, they just uh, start dancing on the street. And there is a very nice, um, almost every town in Cuba has something that is called Casa de la Trova. It's a place where musicians play. Cubans would uh, meet outside of the Casa de la Troba because it's like an open space. And uh, if you're passing by as a tourist, they will invite you to dance with them. It doesn't matter if you can dance or not. That's wonderful. And if you could talk a little bit about some of your favorite places to visit in Havana mm -hmm. and then some of your favorite places to visit in other parts of the island. Havana, definitely the old uh, quarter. Uh, it's called Havana Vieja. So you have those um, houses in all colors you can imagine. 
But what I didn't know before going there for the first time is how um, big the contrast is be between the houses that are renovated and the houses that are not. It's like, wow. So um, sometimes you pass by houses, you just think that the Second World War was going on here just the day before. It's like, wow. yes, yes. And then there is the Centro of Havana where you can actually mm -hmm. see local life. When you walk through the streets, you see, it's a very typical picture. You see our men playing domino on the street. They put like their tables out and they are playing. Or women and men sitting in their rocking chairs. The rocking chairs are very important furniture <laughs> in, in Cuba. Ooh. Cubans leave their door, doors open because it get, gets very hot during the day. And um, they put their tables, their rocking chairs on the street to get like a little bit of the fresh breeze from the ocean. Your normal tour that you do, it starts in Havana, but then you, you fly over to the eastern part of uh, the island, and which is a little more tropical. Tell us a little bit about the rest of the island. Mark, excuse me, I just remember one more place in Havana that is special. Sure. Uh, sure. It's, the, it's called the Malecon, and it's like um, when you have the ocean, you have this wall that uh, is, goes along, along the ocean. So it's called Malecon. And they uh, joke in Havana that it's the longest sofa of in the world. It's like, I think it's eight kilometers. And it's uh, it's so Cuban because when you go um, before the sunset, you will see like three scenarios. You will see fishermen fishing. You will see couples in love, like hanging out together, having, yeah, talking and watching the sunset. Or you will three uh, you will see like three Cubans having a whole bottle of rum <laughs> together, <laughs> sitting there talking and enjoying themselves. And I went there with my queridos uh, just to be part of this very Cuban experience. You know, a bunch of Cuban playing music, drinking their bottle of rum together. It's like oh, it's amazing. That's my third favorite spot in Havana. Yes, mm -hmm. it's called Malecon. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like that's something you definitely don't want to miss. Um, and getting back to your other question, uh, question. So exactly. So that Cuba, you because Cuba is the biggest island in the Caribbean. So it's um, so from Havana to a city that is like in the very east, it's like a thousand kilometers. So just that you have an idea of, of the size. I would say 80, 90 percent of people who go to Cuba, they only see the western part. So really? it's Exactly, yes. It's also because of the difficulties that you have going around uh, in Cuba that I just mentioned before. For me, it's my favorite. So there is, for example, a town called Baracoa. It's in the very east. It is mm -hmm. the first town where the Spanish arrived uh, back mm -hmm. then. And it's beautiful because it's all nature. So there is like a national park close. You will see the smallest hummingbird in the world. You can hike, um, you can go on cocoa plantations and see how cocoa is grown and see how they process it into chocolate. It's amazing. So this is for nature. And another place for nature that I love is in the western part of Cuba, which is called Viñales, because it's mm. uh, where they grow the tobacco and mm -hmm. where you have like a beautiful scenery of, it's called Mogotes. It's the kind of um, mountain side that you see and it's, unique i've never seen something like this in my in my in my whole life so this is for nature baracoa and vinales and then uh for cities 
in towns. My favorite is Trinidad, which is um, also in the western part of Cuba. It's because when we talk about the uh, travel to the past, uh, it's it's this place because but, uh, Trinidad was frozen in time for 200 years. It was abandoned, and then people wow. would yeah exactly. And then it was it was named uh, World Heritage by the UNESCO in the 70s or 80s. And that's when people started coming into Trinidad and that because it was frozen in time, everything appears like 200 years ago. So cobblestone streets, colorful houses, horse carriages are running through the little streets till today. So it's like very, and it's like um, laid back, no stress. At nighttime, uh, electricity would fail there. When I was there, <laughs> electricity would fail. So it's like really like this um, travel into the past, very beautiful. And the second city is Santiago de Cuba. It's in the eastern part of, uh, of, of Cuba. And no one knows. All the people think that Havana is the revolution place. And it wasn't. Right. It's, it's Santiago de Cuba, a thousand kilometers away. It's where Fidel Castro went to school, where he started uh, the revolution, where he was hiding in a mountainside close. And Santiago de Cuba is very um, important for music and for Afro-Cuban history. It's the most Afro-Cuban. Oh. Yes, beautiful. And B, I think many of who listen, beach is also very important. So there is an island, Cayo Levisa. Um, most people haven't heard about it. And what I love about Cayo Levisa, because me personally, I hate mass tourism. I don't like package tourism. I don't like resort hotels. So Cayo Levisa has this beautiful Caribbean experience uh, with the blue water and this white sand and um, palm trees, beautiful. But on the other hand, it doesn't have mass tourism. So they have like bungalows on the, um, on the beach, very beautiful. Right. So it's very popular with um, honeymooners. Interesting, Joanna. So yeah, I've definitely got that impression that you're not uh, a big fan of the mass tourism and just having... Tons of people doing the exact same thing. Yes. Uh, interesting. What's the name of that island again? Just, I... So this is on the western side of Cuba, and it's called. Oh. Ca it's close to Vinales. So Vinales is the tobacco play. It's a tobacco town with uh, the nature around, and um, and from Vinales, I think it takes you like one hour and a half with a car to go um, to the beach, and then from there take a boat to Cayo Levisa. Cayo Levisa. Okay, and they have little small boats that you can take out there, or like ferries that, that can shuttle people off to the island? Yes, you, you go, um, so the island is very small. I think it's three kilometers, the whole island. Mm -hmm. So you can walk from, from one end to the other. You can have a really nice walk uh, and see the sunset. Well, great. That's a nice little, uh, little secret tip that I'm sure most people <laughs> probably haven't heard of. That's a wonderful uh, tip. Wonderful. So the eastern portion of the island, um, I, I kind of take it that, you know, what you're saying, what you're getting at here is you do recommend people try, if, if possible, to, to get outside of Havana and if they can get outside of Western Cuba. Let's talk a little bit about how would you describe the culinary experience in Cuba? And maybe if you could name or describe a few of the street foods or other culinary dishes that you might recommend thing about Cuba is that it has a really bad reputation for food so um, yes so people always ask me Joanna how was food in, in Cuba was it as bad as we heard and mm. um, why do people think that it's because uh, when the uh, the Soviet Union collapsed 
um, Cuba entered into a crisis. It was like 89, 90 in the 90s. Um, right. because they were getting uh, subsidies from, from the Soviet Union. And from one day to another, it, it broke down. So, and the whole culinary um, experience kind of died in Cuba because they didn't have food, they didn't have spices, they didn't have anything. When I talked to a Cuban lady, she was telling me that during this special period, they were eating rice with banana skins. Uh, banana peel. Yeah, the peel. Peel. yeah, exactly. The peel, yeah. yes, they would like toast it and they make like um, like a flour out of it. Uh, so that's why uh, people like till today, they say food in Cuba isn't really good, but it's kind of getting back. So um, so if you ask around local people or uh, or people who've been traveling for a while through Cuba, you will always find good advice. And uh, my favorite food in Cuba was seafood because it's like fresh from the sea and um, so actually although Cuba doesn't have a good reputation there is this one place that I was telling Baracoa that is the eastern part with the hummingbird they mm -hmm. have they are considered to have the best food in Cuba so they like prepare fresh fish with this special coconut sauce um, and really put nice spices into it they uh, do a lot of with plantains that I also love so much and the I had my first and best lobster I've ever had. I had in Cuba as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you asked about street food, and this is really interesting. Yeah. Yes, because um, you have to be a little bit careful when you go to Cuba, especially things that include water. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, so if you so if if you are having something that includes water, I would never have it like on the street. I was I would always go to a proper restaurant to to have it because if if you go to a local place, it might be that you will having problems with your stomach. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it's definitely a place you don't want to be drinking the water. And um, but you can definitely have street food like as anything that is cooked or baked. There's no problem. It's really cheap because it's like um, they charge it in the Cuban currency. There are two currencies currencies in Cuba, and the local uh, currency. It's like it, you will always pay like uh, way under a dollar for like a, um, like 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 a, like some street food, um, but be aware that it's very simple. Like Cubans eat simple food. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, Latin America is definitely a place that I think. Um, in general, you'll find really good street food options in many countries in Latin America, Mexico, Colombia. What is very different about visiting Cuba uh, from visiting other countries in Latin America? Yeah, so uh, one thing is it's very, very safe. I was, uh, yeah, I was so surprised. In every place I've been, I could walk around any time of the day uh, without being afraid. The second thing is, um, what I mentioned before, it's a great place to disconnect and to slow down. You don't have uh, internet access, um, people live a different lifestyle, so they are like very relaxed and they kind of uh, reflect it upon you, <laughs> you kind of relax with them. And it's very interesting to see how life is happening in Cuba, how they have to line up in front of the store to how you go into a store and there is pasta, but there is no tomato sauce or there is like cereals, but there is no milk. <laughs> so stuff like this, I, I find it's um, worth to experience it because 
when you come back to you, where you live, you will appreciate everything more. Yeah, that is interesting. Cereal with no milk and uh, pasta, but no sauce. That's yeah. uh, it's a different kind of reality with the supply issues. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's it's easy to kind of assume, as many people do, that maybe are not as familiar. Latin America is all just kind of very similar, but it, it just you get so many different variations based on geography and every country system. Now, you know, how is the island aspect influence? You know, how the culture is, and as a traveler, and also how the people live. But as a traveler, how does that you know change what what you do and what you're seeing there? Cuba being an island means, of course, that wherever you go, the beach is very close. <laughs> so, yeah, so that is nice because you can uh, kind of get to know places, a uh, place like Havana, the cities or nature, nature spots where you have waterfalls. But you can also, if you want to just relax and um, get have a nice time at the beach, get tent, you can do it anywhere you are in Cuba because you are always close to the beach. Um, then being an island, it's really hot <laughs> so it's mostly above uh, 30 degrees um, you will have this tropical heat that you know from the Caribbean interesting is there a part of the island that is uh, especially hotter or cooler but for example Santiago de Cuba uh, the, the the town uh, the city in the eastern part of Cuba where the revolution happened where Fidel Castro went to school um, I found it was the hottest place and they call it uh, Tierra del Fuego, so uh, land of fire. Interesting. That is that is interesting. It's literally the Tierra del Fuego, porque, uh, because the Tierra del Fuego in the South America, it's actually one of the coldest spots of uh, of South America. Just so it's, I thought, always thought it was a little bit ironic that they would call it Tierra del Fuego, but it's so yeah. hot. And so, yeah, that's true. That's true. And um, so a recommendation for all the listeners, when you go to Cuba, try to experience it in the morning and in the evening because you will have like the nicest experience with the fresh breeze from the ocean and um, not being as hot as uh, during midday. That's a great tip. Joanna, you've really painted a wonderful picture here of Cuba and uh, I would very much like to visit uh, someday. Accommodations. Um, what are some of the main options that you've seen and some that you would recommend? So that's another point where Cuba is totally different from Latin American countries because in Cuba I would not recommend to stay in a hotel for two reasons. Because uh, hotels are owned by the government and that means that they are um, more expensive. But on the other hand, the service is not good. So they say everything that's from the government, service is not good, more expensive. So what happens in Cuba? In Cuba there is something that is called Casa Particular. What is this? This is private owned houses, so by Cubans, by locals. Uh, and this is like the common way to travel. So you stay actually with Cuban families in their own house and they rent out their rooms. It's like, like, a, like a hostel or like a guest house a feeling, but you, you enter through the door and you're in the living room of a Cuban and they have those rocking chairs in their living room. So. And then when you go out of your room, you pass through the kitchen and you can smell when they are cooking their food, you can talk to them. And what is funny in Cuba, because of the system, prices are the same. So if you buy a bottle of rum in Havana, it'll be the same price as in Santiago, which is like a thousand kilometers east. Yes, and the same happens to accommodation. So for a night, 
in a casa particular, uh, it's the room and the room fits always two people. A night would cost 30 US dollars, around 30 US dollars in Havana. And, and mm -hmm. anywhere else, it would be 25. And you can have breakfast as well, which is five US dollars extra. It's very much kind of like a, an Airbnb experience in a way. Um, yes. But it's, I guess this ex long preceded Airbnb. Uh, the, the quality, would you say, is roughly the same? Or, or do you see significant uh, differences in the quality you're going to find? Um, yeah, so there are definitely differences in quality because a Cuban that lives in Cuba and only has access to stuff they sell in Cuba, it's very limited because they because of the embargo, they don't have access to many things. So what we always like find like cute and funny is when you enter your room in the Casa Particular, um, like the bed sheets will have very bright, um, like almost neon colors, like pink or neon green or something, because it's also a travel into the past in this manner. Um, on the other hand, there are Cubans who have relatives living abroad, living in the US, living where, wherever, who can mm -hmm. kind of bring stuff into Cuba. So you will definitely have differences um, when it comes to, to this. But I recommend just be open and um, often it's not about your room or, you know, if the sheets are this color or this color, but about the family you are in. And if the family is, is decent, if they um, have a big heart and uh, they can tell you about the place, can, you know, give you this local experience, I think this is what, what matters most. Yeah, yes. th that really makes a lot of sense. And again, definitely that's another spot where it's probably very useful. The more Spanish you speak, the better. Yeah, so um, I just want to mention because traveling through Cuba is actually not easy. When you, when you want to plan or organize your trip from outside of Cuba, what happens is because of the embargo, Cubans cannot access sites like uh, websites like Airbnb. So they are not able to post their offerings on Airbnb. So what you can find on the internet is actually very limited. Um, so what happens is in Cuba, everything works mouth to mouth. It's really relationship based. So for example, you, you fly into Havana, you stay at your first Casa Particular, and then they already know everything. They know uh, Casas Particulares in other fit towns. They have all the contacts and they know how transportation works. So they can like kind of organize everything for you. So. Uh, the first one, you have to find it from outside of Cuba, but once you're inside of Cuba, Cubans will help you because they're super connected. Well, Joanna, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for talking about Cuba, and uh, I look forward to um, hearing more about your future travels. So thank My you very pleasure. much. My pleasure. I could talk with you for five more hours. I love Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the future, we'll have to do maybe a, 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 a five-part series on yes. uh, the wonder of travel in Cuba. Um, that'd be a great thing. 